Hello, everybody, and welcome to Bearded Things. I'm one of your bearded hosts. My name is Chris. I'm here with my buddy, Tyler. Tyler, how are you? Uh, I'm actually pretty good. That's good. Um, That's good. I've had a migraine for about two days. I think it's a migraine. I don't know. I've had a throbbing headache for like two days where I can't think. Um, but that's big. I'm pretty sure it's because of the Santa Ana winds because it's yeah. in Southern California and it's windy season. It's like, so for those of you who are outside of the Santa or the Southern California area where the Santa Ana winds are very prevalent, it's a uh, pretty much an easterly wind that blows all the dust and pollution that's been like stuck in the mountains into our faces. And it's, uh, mm-hmm. if you have allergies, it's not great. It's not fun. Yeah. Not fun. Um, Oh, in other news, did you hear about the guy that got arrested at Walmart because his arm caught on fire? He spontaneously combusted in his arm. What? Yeah, and they called the cops, and the cops came and arrested him. For his arm catching on fire? Yeah, he was carrying an unlicensed firearm. Uh, I'll be here all, all week, folks. <laughs> Don't forget to tip your waitress. I will say in weird, odd, and creepy news, uh, there was a pilot, I believe, I want to say it was for Southwest or Delta Airlines, coming back from Mexico, I believe, and he saw a cigar-shaped UFO fly outside of his plane and approached his plane before uh, disappearing. But not, not the pilot, the UFO. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a story. It's like the <laughs> Um but then the, I think I heard about that or I saw something like a blurb. I just didn't get a chance to read that article. That's interesting. That's crazy. Yeah. So the truth is out there, which brings me to uh, what are you going to be covering tonight? I am covering uh, a combination of things. I'm covering, I'm going to have a very holy topic, a very, um, I'm covering, there's a clearing in the Hoya Bashu forest in Romania and also something in North Carolina called the devil's tramping ground. Oh, very nice. Very, very nice. I will be covering, and uh, the segue was, uh, I am covering <laughs> the abduction of Betty and Barney Hill. Nice. That's uh, that's like the first big, like, not big, but like the mainstream, like, everyone yeah. kind of knows that with like the abduction and stuff like that. It was like, it was one of the first abductions to get massive press, massive uh, government involvement. It's, it's very interesting, so we'll be delving into that. But first, I believe I went first last week, so you, sir, are up this week. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's do this. Um, so for the episode that I'm doing today, I was inspired by a very large, big, gaping hole in my life, which, uh, wait, that's not right. Uh, stupid depression. Go out of here. Uh, for this episode, I was inspired by our friend, Mouse, who sent in a topic about a huge, gaping hole in a forest in North Carolina called the devil's tramping ground i've heard of the place and as i was researching i just kept coming across this other big huge gaping hole in a forest and i was also very familiar with it and that's like i said the there's a, a hole in the hoya bashu forest in romania and so now i present to you in a very roundabout way the topic with a lot of holes in it uh, i keep saying holes and before some of you get really excited and start thinking of the movie holes which, by the way, I know a lot of people love this movie, but I only ever read the book and I never saw the movie. So sorry, don't at me, bro. Uh, I'm not really describing these locations accurately. They're both, ne- they're not necessarily holes. They're, they're, they're like more clearings. clearings. Yeah. yeah, they're clearings in the forest. And to be more specific, um, they're kind of a circular or oval-shaped clearing where nothing grows in that forest. And I'm going to start with the Hoya Bashu Forest which is located in Romania. 
and to make it even creepier than just being in Romania, which is a kind of a creepy country, it's located in an area of Romania that's known as Transylvania. While you're not very likely to find Dracula out in the forest, especially since the country really tries to distance itself from the legend of the blood-sucking vampire, and they revere his supposed namesake, Vlad Dracul, as you know, a hero, the forest itself is creepy enough without, without vampires. Also, side note, I know it's on my list. It's probably on Chris's list too, but we will be covering Dracula soon, I promise. Now that we're in a proper mindset and we're not expecting to be attacked and drained of blood, let's go into what makes the forest so creepy. We'll start with the name. The forest is named after a shepherd who took his flock of 200 sheep into the forest, but both he and his entire flock were never seen again. We'll post some pictures of the forest on, the, on our social medias, but if you're getting impatient and you want to see the forest for yourself, you can Google it. And it's a very, very dense forest. In this part of the world, the weather also varies pretty violently. So there's plenty of opportunities for a, a lone man to get lost or hurt and perish, leaving his flock of not very smart animals to wander off and mostly likely get eaten. Now, throughout the centuries, many stories have also been attributed to the forest, which spans about 729 acres. Aside from the lost shepherd, there are stories of peasants being marched out into the forest and murdered that date back to before our friend Vlad started leaving heads on stakes. Another story tells of a young girl who wandered into the forest one day and vanished without a trace. She turned up five years later to the shock and astonishment of her friends and family, but mysteriously she had no recollection of anything that happened during these years. More recently, in 1968, a military technician named Emil Barnea allegedly photographed a UFO hovering over the forest in what is now a clearing where nothing grows, what I hinted at earlier. There are four photographs that were taken, but one of them was destroyed because it had friends in the frame that did not want to be identified publicly. The other three you can find online, and I have to say, they kind of look like there's like the UFO is a, a water droplet on a negative when it got developed. But um, they went to the government, they had, everything was published, and Barnea was interviewed extensively with his girlfriend and the two other friends. Eventually, scientists and UFOologists, or ufologists, as I like to read it, were, they would examine the photos and say that whatever it was, the photo was legit, but it was most likely a weather balloon, of course. Sadly for Barnea, Romania at the time was under communist rule, and their attitude towards the paranormal was that anyone who believed in it was mad or trying to rally the masses to overthrow the government, so he got fired from his job and was thrown into poverty. Now, modern day, the Hoyabashu Forest gets thousands of visitors every year. The forest is very pretty when it doesn't look like the Swamp of Sadness from the never-ending story. Which, side note, fuck that scene. Some visitors to the forest today report feeling sick upon entering the forest. They feel nauseous, their anxiety spikes, they say it feels like they are being watched from all angles. Some even say that their phones, cameras, any sort of electronic device they have, it drains of the battery or just stops working completely. Yet others go into the forest, they come out happy, they're laughing, they're saying it's the best hike they've ever been on. While you are able to camp overnight, many locals say that it's a bad idea. One local reports that he and some friends camped out overnight, but the first night when they settled in their tent, they heard a very loud noise of what kind of appeared to be hooves, like a horse was charging at them. But each time someone poked their head out the tent, the sound would suddenly stop. The same person claimed that the next day he decided to sleep outside in a hammock in an attempt to see what was causing the noise, but he had to go home early because a bat swooped down and hit him in the face so hard that he needed medical attention. Another man separate from this claim says that he, has, he met a demon in the forest, and so he got a tattoo of a demon on his chest to ward off the other demons, which to me that just seems silly because... 
if you get a tattoo of a demon, I think that would attract other demons because they're like, hey, that looks dope. Like, I want to be on that guy's chest piece. But I don't know. Uh, so now the strangest part, like I talked about before, is the aforementioned clearing. It's been nicknamed the dead zone, and nothing grows there aside from a layer of grass that never really gets too high. The dead zone is also almost a perfect circle. The trees around the circle are normal and dense, very tightly packed, but other oddly shaped trees surround those normal looking trees. Many of the trees twist and spiral upward and always in a clockwise rotation. Others grow in a weird zigzag pattern. Botanists and other scientists have studied the trees and the dead zone extensively, but have not been able to explain exactly why the forest behaves this way. Many locals believe that the dead zone is a portal to another world and the trees are warped because of the bending in space and time. They also point to the disappearance of the shepherd and the girl who then mysteriously returned after five years with no knowledge of where she had been as proof of a portal. There is also allegedly a tree that has grown in the shape of an arch, and locals and occultists believe that this is the gate which you walk through to get into the portal in the dead zone. Tours are given, and when you pass through the arch, you are told to make a wish. I'm guessing that no one has suddenly vanished and got lost in time, as they probably would have made big news. The locals say that the energy given off by the forest can be used for good, and tourists are encouraged to stay and experience all the forest has to offer. One local tour guide named Alex says, quote, the, own, the forest is only haunted if you bring your own ghosts. Now that we're kind of set in the mood of creepy forest, uh, let's put on our mask and take a socially distanced plane ride back to the States and stop off in North Carolina to talk about the very kindly named Devil's Tramping Ground. Located in Bear Creek, North Carolina, roughly 50 miles south of Greensboro, the Devil's Tramping Ground is a completely barren circle in the ground roughly 40 feet across, where, like the dead zone in Romania, nothing grows. The main difference between the two is that the tramping ground is a lot smaller, again, only 40 feet across, but literally nothing grows, not even grass. It's just a barren circle. There's a small darkened circle in the very center of the ground where it appears a fire has just been put out despite no fire ever being present. The legend of the circle, which dates back to pre-revolutionary war days, says that the devil himself rises up from hell and dances on certain nights, which is why nothing grows. Another legend tries to connect the circle to something Chris covered in a previous episode, The Missing Colony of Roanoke. The legend states that the Croatoan tribe of Native Americans used the site for ceremonies, and that is why the ground does not grow. It was trampled by natives, not the devil. Regardless of what created the bare circle of land, you can allegedly leave any object in the center of the circle. You could take the heaviest stone or the finest grains of sand and leave it in the circle, but by morning, all the items will have been thrown away and out of the circle. No footprints are left, no drag marks, nothing can be found. More interesting still is that a pair of red glowing eyes have been seen by many eyewitnesses dating back hundreds of years. See what I did there? Eyewitness, you know, because they saw eyes. Anyway, <laughs> humans aren't the only ones who get creeped out by the empty plot of land. Animals have been known to stay away and dogs will whimper and tuck their, tail, tuck their tails when walking in or near the circle. Allegedly, many people have been driven mad when trying to stay the night. There are several documented cases of men camping out only to leave in the middle of the night suffering from a wide range of psychoses. There was one journalist, however, who worked for a newspaper in Greensboro, who spent the night in a tent with his two dogs and claimed that he was fine and that nothing had happened. Scientists weighed in on what causes the circle as well. Some scientists believe that the area is so perfectly circular because it was the track used by horses who were, trained, who were turning a molasses mill. The excessive turning and trampling killed off anything from growing, and this caused the land to be barren. 
There's a very similar theory to the Native Americans using it as a ceremonial site, and the constant use is what makes it unable to grow anything. But when other mill workers in the area compare it to their mill sites, the circular pattern is way too small and irregular to be horses strapped to machinery. Geologists believe that they have a solution as well. Soil samples were taken by the North Carolina Department of Agriculture, and they believe that they have proven that the soil is infertile because of an excessive amount of salt in the soil. They have found naturally occurring salt licks in the soil, which would cause nothing to grow and also attracts nearby animals who use the licks to get essential minerals and nutrients to supplement their diets. So if there are grasses beginning to grow, the animals will eat the grasses. This is the reasoning that I tend to believe because I tend to side with science on most things, but it also makes the most sense to me. I don't think people or animals could cause enough damage to permanently destroy an area where the land is also constantly flooded by rains and has been there for centuries. I also don't believe that the devil comes out to dance at night because we would totally hear blues music and see the fire coming from the forest if he did. Also, if you don't think the blue, the devil would listen to blues music, I hate to break it to you. You're wrong. Again, don't at me. I don't make the rules. If you are curious, you can find out for yourself. There's many sites online that will give you directions to the tramping ground, and there are road markers and signs everywhere. One website does offer a warning. They say that if you're going in the summertime, you better wear pants and tuck them into your socks because you have to traverse a lot of tall grass to get to the circle. And anyone who camps in the woods knows that tall grass means ticks. You also know that ticks aren't afraid of anything, apparently not even the devil. If you don't want to have to handle ticks or travel to Eastern Europe to visit Romania or head to the East Coast, you can sponsor us, your dear bearded friends, and we will travel there for you. We'll camp out at either site, maybe do some live streaming of the area, who knows. If you guys want it, we'll do our best to deliver. And that, my bearded friends, is the story of two mysterious holes and clearings in the middle of a forest that defies all logic and most science. Awesome, man. Yeah, I, the one thing that always bothered me about it is uh, scientists are quick to blame things like animals, right? Because Occam's razor, right? It's the, the simplest exactly. solution. Yep. But like, I remember going uh, to elementary school and there was this big like acre of grass and they would like, you know, uh, burn out a track for us to run track at. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They'd have to redo that like every exactly. year. Yeah. So I, like nature don't care, right? Nature's going to take over whatever it is you did in like no time flat. Yeah, There was exactly. this uh, great show on history called uh, Life Without Humans or Earth Without mm -hmm. Humans. Yep. And they were talking about <clears throat> within like a, a year and a half of like not living in a house, the house dies. Mm -hmm. Nature starts taking over roads again, like, you know, the vines and everything start growing through the house. So nature will erase you fast. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And as far as the mineral springs, I mean, that makes sense. But what's odd, though, is the shape of a near perfect circle. Yeah, that's the strange part, that it's it's almost completely, like, perfect circular. That doesn't make sense. That's the weird part to me. Yeah. So I, I get science. I'd normally back science. But on this mm. one, I'm kind of like, yeah, but. Yeah, I think that's the most plausible explanation. Not necessarily the most, it, it, it is what it is. I think if there's anything to other than the paranormal, I think that's the most plausible explanation for that one. The one in Romania, that's just fucking weird. Like that's some, that's a portal to something. And uh, one of our favorite shows that you and I used to watch all the time, the Destination Truth with Josh Gates, they, uh, our, they went the there. The patron saint of bearded <clears throat> things. Yes, exactly. Yes. yes. Uh, and that was still to this day, one of my favorite episodes of the show is when they went there because the guy was chilling there and like the, the, the next was fire and then the flame came up and like 
after that he's like nope i'm done with the show fuck this i'm not doing it <laughs> yeah uh, his name was uh i want to say it was stone he was Sounds like right. yeah like the sound guy or something like that and uh the, so what what the context on that is they were all taking turns sitting around this fire by themselves they had cameras on them and things like that and stone started hearing whispers in the distance and then all of a sudden mm -hmm. like the fire like a hand came out of the fire in like one of the the frames it was yeah really it looked bizarre. like a hand yeah and then they couldn't find him they, yeah. they all rushed over to go help him and they could not find him and they found him like 30 feet away completely disoriented his ears were bleeding i remember that yep and yep. like nothing made sense of what happened and he quit the show he literally mm -hmm. quit the show so uh, flash forward a couple of seasons and they go back oh yeah they, bring him back. And they brought him back and it was worse on him Mm -hmm. He went back out there and immediately he was disoriented. He kept hearing whispers and mm -hmm. he kind of went a little insane. Like, yeah, he yeah. wasn't making sense. He was babbling. He was almost crying and they lost him again. And he once again quit the show. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, awesome job that the, yeah, the one in uh, Transylvania is absolutely terrifying. Yeah, that one's crazy. And I would love to go there. We should do it. I'm totally down. Um, yeah, if you guys want to sponsor us, or at least partially, we will set that up. You just let us know. We will go. Yeah, we will go for you. And on that note, speaking of uh, setting payments up, it's time to pay some bills and have a commercial break. And we're back. I feel like it's a good transition to get into banter with the Beardsleys. <laughs> so <laughs> what is banter with the beardsleys banter with the beardsleys is our fun unscripted off the cuff uh conversation between the two of us usually over a user submitted question where you want to know something about us or you just want some insight behind the beards and we either tell you something about ourselves or we talk we discuss a topic i believe i think i have a question today right and our question comes from our friend gabby in hawaii and she asks, do you studly bearded men? She didn't say that. I added that part. <laughs> she asks, do you guys have any tattoos? And if not, what kind of tattoos would you want to get? Uh, I'll let you go first. Uh, yes. That's my answer. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I have, I, have a ta I have one tattoo on my forearm. Um, it's a kind of like memorial piece for my grandparents. It's a kind of a gothic cross with a banner swirling around it and in script it says it all began with a wink which is the story of how my grandparents met because my grandpa was in the military he was a at the time i think he was like a captain or something like that but he eventually rose to the rank of colonel in the military in the army but he was at a ball and my grandma was also at this said army ball and everyone was dancing and um my grandpa was kind of like off to the side and my grandma was across the ballroom and she looked at him they made eye contact and she winked at him and then he came over to talk to her and asked why he winked at her. And that's how they started seeing each other. They started dating. And because of that, I am here doing a podcast talking about, you know, bearded things. That's awesome, man. That's, that's a really a pretty story. Yeah. I want to get more, but now I can't have, I'm not supposed to get more tattoos. So I won't. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, I've always wanted tattoos. I have this crazy birthmark on my left <laughs> arm. <laughs> Uh, I have a sleeve on my left arm. Um, it's a mix of just really creepy stuff. There's spirit skeletons rising out of pus holes. 
there's uh, a, like a bracelet of smoking skulls made out mm-hmm. of smoke. So when you first look at it, it just kind of looks like these these weird black shadows. But it's actually skulls when you in reverse. Uh, I forget what it's called. Black art when it the mm. the image is a reversal of the indention or the the coloring. Um, I have a giant third eye, which is actually um, my eyeball, and the my tattoo artist was like staring. This is all freehand on my arm. Maybe we'll post pictures that I don't know. Yeah, we'll try to add, we'll add, we'll add pictures as yeah, best we can. Kind of weird, but hey, we'll post it. You asked. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it was all freehand, and uh, I got along really well with my artist, so just something we kind of talked about, and he went for it. Um, there's demons and screaming skulls and more ghosts and ghouls, and I got it because uh, a couple of reasons about the, the, the t- tattoo in general. Uh, it's on my left side because traditionally right is a position of you know strength and power and pride, so I got it on my left to be like, this is where I was and it's not where I want to go back to. It, it's kind of like uh, it, the Netflix show, The OA. She had this great part where people who've experienced a lot of pain or who've gone through a lot tend to keep totems as reminders. And that's kind of what this is for me. It's a totem about where I've been and where I don't ever want to go back to in my life. And I mean, Tyler, you've been there for it. I think I'm a better person now than I was, you know, 10 years ago when I started getting these tattoos. So no, I think so. I mean, you're still misguided because you think a hot dog is a sandwich. But other than that, you're much better person. Yeah, absolutely. Because of science of hot dogs being sandwiches. But um, so so yeah, it just for me, it just symbolizes a part of my life that was very relevant, very uh, pronounced. And it's, it's something I just don't want to go back to and it serves as a constant reminder to keep moving forward so that's what this means for me i kept my right side open um in case i ever you know had family or or anything like that Mm -hmm. just more the things that i'm my my accomplishments is is what the right has been saved for (laughs) the the right side's still barren so that should tell you a lot about life (laughs) and how it's gone for me but um yeah so i have a sleeve on the left arm I definitely want a lot more. Um, there's a couple of things that I'm, I'm thinking about right now. One of them is for my grandmother who passed away, who pretty much, she pretty much raised me. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, I want to do, her middle name was May, M-A-E. Mm-hmm. So I want to do like traditional old school, like a traditional American style tattoo of like a, a rose with a banner on it that says like mm-hmm. May in the banner. Yeah. That'd be kind cool of thing. Just as like a, an homage to my grandmother and she's was born in the forties. So she totally get a kick out of that style. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Stuff like that. I think. No, that's cool. I like that. It's just, they're very expensive and, uh, it's on my list of when I get some extra money, <laughs> that's, uh, no, yeah, probably start yeah. happening. If and when. Right. Right. We'll, we'll crowdfund a, uh, a tattoo from the bearded friends that says hot dog. and thank you this has been uh banter with the beardsies uh but yeah on that note i do think i I hope that answered gabby's questions yeah i hope so too yeah uh if not gabby let us know oh you're so shy in reaching out to us you never want to talk to us so um (laughs) yeah let us know what you think if that answered your question i I do remember one more tattoo i really want to get and it's what's that uh a silhouette of johnny cash with the guitars like slung over his back oh nice yeah i want to get like a silhouette of that uh tattooed probably on my leg i'm thinking (laughs) nice maybe a tramp stamp 
I don't know. We'll see That'd how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> you just have to do like the barbed wire on the edges and it'll be perfect. <laughs> Some butterfly wings on it. Yeah. Can't go wrong. All right. <laughs> uh, now that I think we've answered that. Yeah. Um, hopefully. I think it's, it's time to now, right? yeah, get into my topic of the abduction of Betty and Barney Hill. Noise. Imagine you and your significant other decide to take a little vacation. You go on a road trip, do some sightseeing, and check out a natural landmark on your way home. It's New Hampshire in September. There's a few hours of drive ahead, so you roll down the windows just to enjoy the drive and clean, cool air. It's a perfectly clear night. The stars are bright, but you notice one of the stars is moving, and it's getting brighter. This is the true story of Betty and Barney Hill. September 1961. Things were going pretty good for the Hills. They were recently married. Barney was working nights at the post office a few towns over. Betty was a social worker working with child welfare cases. And with the rare bit of free time they did have, they devoted it to helping out at their local church. They'd been so busy, in fact, they never actually took their honeymoon. They decided just to take a few days off and go for it. So they left Sunday in so much of a rush they forgot to head to the bank before their impromptu road trip. They didn't care. They packed bare essentials, got in the car, and hit the old dusty trail with just their small bags and $70 in their pockets. That $70 will be kind of important later, so let's not forget that. So now that the New England area was their oyster, she wanted to go see Niagara Falls. Personally, I don't get it. It's a big waterfall. (laughs) Sounds wet, but hey, to each their own. On the last night of their three-day trip, they decided to freshen up a bit with a cup of joe at a diner in Vermont. There was a hurricane coming in, so Barney figured if they pushed through the last leg of the journey, they could beat the storm and be home by 2, maybe 3 a.m. I should note the Hills were an interracial couple. Barney was a black man married to a white woman, and in the 1960s, they had to be careful. Barney would later go on the record to say, The patrons there kept smiling at me. Like... Too much. It made me feel odd. The waitress, she was a dark-skinned woman. I'm not sure if she was light-skinned black, Indian, or dark-skinned white woman, but she wasn't very warm. Like, she might have been passing as white and she didn't want me to blow her cover. I kept urging Betty to finish her business so we could get get out of there after I finished my burger. I feel you, Mr. Hill. I feel (laughs) you. As they got back in their car and continued the drive, a strange light in the sky gave another reason to hurry. At first, it looked like a falling star, but grew larger and brighter. Barney, an avid plane watcher and World War II vet, was sure they had nothing to worry about. It's just a a satellite, he said. It probably went off course. The light seemed to move with the car as Barney sped down the road. The light zigged and zagged, ducking past the moon and behind the trees and mountain ridges only to reappear moments later. Sometimes it seemed to move toward them like a bizarre game of chicken. They kept trying to come up with logical explanations for what they're seeing, but nothing was really making sense. Barney was nervous but curious. He had to know what this was. He stopped the car in the middle of the highway. Betty pulled out his binoculars from under his seat and leaned out the window to get a better look. What she saw stunned her. She told Barney, Barney, if you think that's a satellite, you're being completely ridiculous. (laughs) Barney was trying to make sense of it. It was too quiet to be a jet or a helicopter, and he didn't want to spook Betty, but but what was this light, and why was it toying with him? 
About 70 miles past the diner, the object hovered just above the treetops. He had a gun hidden in the glove box, which he had uh, snuck into his pocket and rushed into a dark field, leaving Betty behind in the car. What he saw was as big as a, this is all a quote from him, by the way. What he saw was as big as a jet, but as round and flat as a pancake. My God, what is this thing? He later recalled. This can't be real. Behind rows of windows, gray uniform beings seemed to look right at him. He tried to lift his hands to his pistol, but somehow he couldn't. A voice told him not to put down his binoculars. He had a startling thought. We're about to be captured. Yelling hysterically, he ran back to the car and barreled down the road as Betty tracked the craft, craning her head outside the car window. Without explanation, loud, rhythmic beeps sounded from the car's trunk. The couple felt instantly drowsy and lost consciousness. They came to around two hours later and 35 miles down the road. They continued to drive in complete silence. Aware that they had just seen something, but unable to talk or even have the urge to. They heard the beeps coming from the trunk again, and as the beeps stopped, they looked at each other, finally able to speak and try to remember what they just saw. It had something to do with light, right? Barney asked. I think so, Betty answered. As they got home, they looked at the time. It was just about sunrise. They should have been home hours ago. They checked their watches. Both stopped working. Betty noticed her dress had a weird, quote, vegetative substance on it. It was her best dress, and she took care of it, but it had this substance on it, and she noticed it had rips above the zipper in the seams. Barding, who was an immaculate dresser, according to everybody in their circle, he noticed his shoes were completely scuffed up and the soles were gashed. Betty had a sudden sensational thought. Everything they had was contaminated. The clothes they had packed, the food they brought for road snacks, everything needed to be thrown out immediately. In coming years, Betty suffering from disturbing dreams and Barney developing an ulcer and anxiety, the couple sought mental help. The two met with Benjamin Simon, a psychiatrist and neurologist who specialized in hypnosis, which was pretty mainstream at the time. The next part is taken from History.com. Some listeners may find it to be disturbing. Listener discretion is advised for the next 20 seconds or so. Through months of weekly sessions, Simon helped the couple piece together what they think happened. A vessel had landed on Hill's car, putting them to sleep. Afterward, gray beings walked them up a long ramp into the spacecraft. Once inside, the hills were separated, taking turns in an examination room that had curved walls and a large light hanging from the ceiling. Each was asked to climb up on a metal table. The table was so short, Barney's legs hung over the sides. During the examinations, the beings removed Betty and Barney's clothes, plucked strands of their hair, took clippings of their nails, and scraped their skin. Each sample was placed on a clear material not unlike a glass slide. Needles connected to long wires probed their heads, arms, legs, and spines. One large needle, around four to six inches long, was inserted into Betty's belly. This was a pregnancy test and left her twisting in pain. Throughout, a being Barney and Betty called the leader watched from the side. After Betty's examination ended, the beings rushed back into her room, excited. They discovered that Barney's teeth could be removed. Betty laughed, explaining that Barney had dentures, a fact of human aging the beings struggled to understand. <laughs> Later alone with the leader, 
Betty asked where the craft had flown, admitting she knew nothing of the universe. The being joked with her, saying, quote, If you don't know where you are, there wouldn't be any point in telling you where I am. Later in her hypnosis, she drew a star map shown to her on the ship. Later, that map would be heavily analyzed, and it turns out she drew a map of the Zeta Reticuli. Now, here's what's interesting about that particular star. If you've ever watched Ancient Aliens, that might sound familiar. That's because, according to the Ancient Alien mythos, that's the home for the star people that created man. It's also where physicist Bob Lazar claimed one of the UFOs at Area 51 originated. Now, Bob Lazar is a crazy story, which one of <laughs> us will be covering, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Scientists, psychiatrists, doctors, and skeptics have spent their lifetimes trying to discredit the Hills. They would accuse them of using shows like The Twilight Zone or Outer Limits to make the story up for fame. Later, they would bring into question going on a road trip with only $70, accusing them of staging the whole thing and never having gone on this trip at all. Well, I wanted to see if that was possible. So I looked into some numbers. A gallon of gas in 1961 was $0.31. Cents, and $70 in 1961 is the equivalent to $612.40 today. So yeah, a road trip for three days, totally doable. I remember that diner that made uh, Barney feel uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. All of those people, they all went on record as saying that they remember them stopping in. So they did, in fact, go on this trip. What we're left to question is their character. Well, Barney was on the board of the local NAACP division. He was a vet who worked for the government at the post office, and he had an IQ of 140. He's not one to lie. Betty was a social worker who worked with children. They had far more to lose than they could have gained by going public with this kind of a story. Military and scientific advisors cross-examined the couple and found their account to be credible. The Air Force's Project Blue Book would ultimately dismiss the story, determining the unexplained craft would be explained by, quote, natural causes, hinting hmm. that the couple hadn't seen the spacecraft, but only the planet Jupiter. So, I mean, it's a bit of a reach. Of course... Another explanation is always possible. The abduction actually occurred. The Hill stuck by the story despite years of skeptics and detractors. Like many abductees, the couple never felt false memory or sleep paralysis explained what they experienced. Betty became a known voice in UFO research and claimed she was visited multiple times until her death in 2004. Barney passed away in 1969. So, do I believe the story? Well, I don't know. I honestly don't think they made it up at all. I think they experienced something. But if you're listening to this while you're driving, hmm. maybe at night, and you see a star making weird movements, I'd suggest erring on the side of caution. Don't pull over. Don't get out of the freaking car. <laughs> and get somewhere public and safe. And mm -hmm. most of all, good luck. <laughs> this was the summarized story of the Betty and Barney Hill abduction. Nice. Well done. That's uh like we kind of talk about touch on the over and it's like the first like big mainstream one that I think a lot of people know of. Um but it's just it's crazy like it's so weird. Like all the dynamics that go into that story, not just like, oh, a couple sees a UFO gets abducted. Like there's so much more to their story. So good job touching on all like the the socio 
economic stuff that also goes into a story like that, unfortunately. Yeah, and this yeah. was the the first one the government actually took seriously and yeah. actually went and investigated. Of course, they you know, blamed natural causes like Jupiter. Yeah, because, you know, Jupiter moves around so quickly like that. Exactly. So a lot of it just, you can't disprove. And it's not like, you know, trying to prove a negative or disprove a negative. Like, it, it's not one of those things. This is, you know, people supported their their journey right people said they know these people were out so they're not mm. lying about being out they experienced something in fact i read this book called close encounters of the fifth kind a secret life and if you've never been too scared to go to sleep in your life <laughs> check out this book it will do that and he, it's a it's a book written by a professor who just kind of breaks down the science behind alien abduction stories and I don't want to spoil anything for you. It's terrifying. People are experiencing something. So it has to be real to some degree. And that in itself is terrifying. Yeah. Regardless of what it is, like even I, I don't know, like if you want to get like the existentialism of it, like whether it's, you know, like someone has a, a psychotic break, like it's still terrifying. It may not be terrifying to us if we don't believe it or we don't see what they're saying, but like, it's terrifying to some degree. And if it happens enough, like there's gotta be some sort of correlation, like, you know, statistics or one of those high level math people can break it down for us to see what exactly is going on. But there's something out there, like something's definitely, if that's going on, that is scary that like enough people, you can no longer say it's an anomaly. It's actually like something possibly happening. Yeah. And not everything that you don't understand can be dismissed away. So it, yeah, exactly. That's the other, yeah. Lack of proof is not proof. So if you've had any experiences with uh, missing time or you believe you may have been abducted, we are not here to judge you. In fact, we support you and we'd love to hear your story if you're open to sharing it. Well, I think that just about does it for this week. If somebody wanted to yeah. send in a, a story, a comment, maybe have an idea for banter with the Beardsleys, where and how can they do that? They can do that with any of our social media sites. Our Instagram is at beardedthingspod. Our Facebook is facebook.com slash bearded things. We have this really cool Facebook group that we post a lot of like, you know, memes and stories and have some good discussions. It's called the bearded things, bearded friends group. You can also find us on YouTube at, at bearded things pod. Twitter is at bearded things. We have a website, which is beardedthings.com. on there's a contact us form. You can submit that. It goes straight to us. We also have an email, which just goes straight to the both of us, which is contact us at beardedthings.com. Any of those suffice. You can also, like we always mention, if you know us personally, text us. If you want to send us a DM to any of those uh, social media sites, we would love to hear from you and have an open dialogue. And uh, that'll do it for this week. We will talk to you guys next week. Bye.